ma'am. And that is really annoying that you would do such things and do that. Um, before I start, before we start doing this whole thing, I don't think I'm very excited about Crown Jewel because I don't think I want Roman Reigns to lose. I'm just gonna put that in the universe. I don't want Roman Reigns to lose. I don't think Roman is losing. I feel like this is just gonna be like when the big sh when when Paul Heyman turned on uh, Brock right. to the yeah, advocate for Big Show. That's where I feel like this is going. I feel like they're telling the exact same story. I got a hot take here, bro. Yeah. You ready for it? Pertaining to that. Yeah. So while I I know this person doesn't need a mouthpiece or an advocate, I just have an inkling that this is what's going to take place. So. Good word, by the way. Paul, Paul is not going to leave with Brock nor Roman. He's going to introduce his new client, Samoa Joe. Snap. You think we see what Kenny thinks about it? She's Kenny. <laughs> that that's fucking awesome. That no, I wouldn't do it because he needs more. Roman needs more opponents. I think he. I think he'll feud with Roman. I think that'll happen. Cause I don't I think, think I think Joe's I think Joe's done in NXT. So Oh yeah, totally. totally. That's a wrap. Yeah. We had a good run while I lasted. Cause because SmackDown does need like somebody to kind of both cross, but I don't think Paul Heyman will align himself with them. Cause the only problem with that is on the main roster they're not gonna do a tweener versus a heel or a heel versus heel, so I say. Because Roman's not turning no time soon. Like, he won't have to ride this out as a heel. He'll have to. Because it's going to, it's like the Triple H run. Oh, okay. Is Roman really a heel, though? Like, Roman is getting tweener damn near. I mean, it's not about, like, reactions and stuff. It's about, like, his actual booking. He's booked as a heel. Right. But the fans, they're reacting to him in that, that tweener face capacity. And I'm just like, I get it. He's supposed to be the heel. He's always the aggressor in these matches. Are we going to? I wouldn't see even just say that. I'm saying every time he's sicking his cousins on people. Yeah, so that's, like that's he, that's heels. What I'm saying, like tweener to me is like, like a heel. Talks like a heel. They they you know, like you said, sicking people on him and stuff. But it's just that reaction the fans are giving him. I'm just like it's like Roman. I mean, uh, Seth gets booed because Seth people just feel a certain way about Seth, I think. It's not just that he's supposed to be a heel. Like, people just kind of, like, they kind of off Seth. I think, I think at that point, I think at that point, but that's, I think that's where the AEW alternative comes in, because Suzuki versus Danielson was no, not really a face, not really a heel, just good-ass half-hour, just pure wrestling. So I don't, so I don't, so I don't really don't know. Like I don't know where Roman lies in terms of if he's a heel or if he's a tweener or, or what he actually is. Like I really, I'm not really not sure. You know what I mean? But say he's full on heel. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to argue tweener when there's beatdowns. Like yeah. I think I feel like tweeners are only like 
like like right like right now with John Moxley, I feel like you are he's a twin. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, guys. Originally, what was Stone Cold? I know we we kind of we ain't needed the intro yet, but like with Stone Cold, the way he was being presented at first, right? Wasn't he kind of being presented at like a heel at first? He was, and the fans were like behind the attitude and all of that. Like they liked how he was presenting himself. So it then he was did him. He was a heel, and they did the double turn with him and Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Yeah. And then they kind of, and then they kept that for you going with the Hard Foundation against Stone Cold. Bret Hart's, Bret Hart's pretty much the goat, by the way. And that's how I go into the intro. And you can't teach that. No, no, don't use an Enzo More reference after asking for Hart. That's the most disrespectful thing ever in history. <sighs> Shit, Bret Hart's the best there is. The best there is. The best there ever will be. Yo! I'm sorry that intro wasn't as like hitting as I would like it to be, but for right now, that will do. Um, welcome to the uh, Hot Take Wrestling Podcast, episode 11. Right? Oh, bro, you pushing it up. It's 10. Is it 10? You be sending the, be sending the, the audio, and I just be like, yo, what is Joe doing? I don't know what number is what anymore. I am just, I just edited it and I put it together. Like, bro, you living in the future, like literally. <laughs> Every episode is like the episode before. Because it's so many episodes. I feel like we, I feel like, I literally feel like we've done a lot of those episodes. I feel like we have. Oh, we do, you, you do 13 episodes, you're at four seasons. Yeah, we did quite a bit. Plus one bonus. Which we're, so are we all like, all, we're like 50 plus episodes in, right? You see? Good shit, hot take, good shit, good shit. I am Joe Freeland, as I just said, I'm the one that edits the episodes. Producer extraordinaire, as you can see the applause that you'll be hearing. I did that myself. No, I didn't, I didn't do that, I just edited it. Um, here talking about wrestling and all things wrestling for the week, baby. Let's go to my, there's no real left or right, honestly, we're doing it via Zoom. So in the next area of Zoom, I have the machine, the big ooze, uh, the conqueror, the destroyer, uh, <laughs> the, the redeemer. <laughs> Logan the Great, what's up, man? Hey, can I call myself a king or two? Or is that kind of like Kenny's thing? Because Kenny's name is actually Kenny. Kenny's name is actually more appropriate for the cleaner. Kenny's definitely like the cleaner. He's definitely like more. I had to get Kenny his flowers at work today, man. I'm just like, you know, things are just crazy there. But yeah. Greetings and salutations, people. I simply ask the question do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Great question. That's a great question. Fix my lens and make sure I have a great lens, not a good one. And then in the other pod, uh, good old Rich and Joy and Rich and Laughter. You can't see his face right now, but that guy's happy. That's, that's his happy face. That's his, <laughs> his happy face. That's his joyful face. All right. Hey, look, see, that, that, that was almost... 15% of a smile, which basically means that we're moving in the right direction. Not the one with the horn, but the one with the ascot and the whiskey bottle that can't be contained. 
the other Kenny G. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be the cleaner. I already have like the jacket, but I'm not to work on my physique. Eh? I can't be the cleaner until I work on the physique. Touche, I'm, I'm on the same boat with you. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here built like a dad. Like, I'm out here built like a dad, dad, for real. Like, I'm just... <laughs> my nigga, you dress like somebody's father. Like, you dress like you couldn't pick your kids up from soccer game. That's how, I, that's how I'm out here looking. I ain't gonna hold you. Mm. Ugly out here. Ugly out here. Anyway, let's get into the week that was with wrestling. Um, I'm gonna do us a favor and just say that Raw wasn't good. I'm not even gonna... <laughs> We're just gonna gloss over Raw. Is that okay? Because I'll, because let me be honest. Let me be honest. I don't watch Raw anymore at all. Like right now, it's right now. We record every Monday. Right now, I'm watching the Monday Night Football game. I refuse to. Unless I can time when Biggie's gonna be on, I don't wanna watch Raw. I don't, don't wanna watch it. Um, if I had to do like one positive, one negative, the way that Hot Take always does it whenever we review something, one positive, one negative. Um, one positive was that Raw ended. One negative was that Raw started. So, you know, like that's all I got. Cause I, I don't feel like this, I just don't feel like there's any direction with it. So, I mean, if you guys have anything from Raw that's one positive, one negative, we'll move forward. And before I get to you guys, we are not a WWE hating show. If not for WWE, I would say that we wouldn't be fans. So we're grateful to the organization and grateful that they're giving us such great memories. And we've gone to many events, WWE. So we're not like one of those like podcasts that only leads one way. We just love wrestling. Um, but wow, just no motivation to watch Raw at all. Good guys. I think, I think though, okay, last week's Raw, uh, at least the, the main event was pretty good. Usos versus Drew McIntyre and Big E. I mean, we know this match doesn't really have any like serious ramifications there. We know this is really just to set up the 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 the, the outgoing feud because Drew's obviously going to SmackDown. So it's not like it's gonna be an ongoing feud here, but uh it's just really you know, one of those feuds there to keep that going leading up in the crown jewel, which is when they're going to face off. Uh, but uh, I thought it was entertaining, man. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Usos in a tag match. Uh, Usos got a storied history right there with Big E, you know, from his time being a tag team, uh, you know what I'm saying, participant with New Day. And, you know, then you got uh, Drew McIntyre there, who's a solid hand in the ring. So all of those things considered and combined, I, I think that was pretty good. Um, other than that, uh, it's always Bianca always puts a smile on my face. She's just that kind of a talent. She is, man. I'm saying every time she's on the screen, she smiles and she has one of those contagious smiles. So I enjoyed her match with uh, um, um, Sasha and Charlotte and Becky. When it wasn't like it was like a must see match or anything, but you know, I just had to give Bianca her flat. One, one moment, one moment. We apologize, Montez. Your wife is beautiful. Oh, only love, Tess. You know, Whoops. bro. No, no, like this. Respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, your your wife, your your wife. You know how they say you got one? Like he got one. He 
Damn one. Jesus. Like she like she she honestly is someone that Okay, moving on. Go ahead. I don't even want to do this right now. Go me. <laughs> KG. <Ugh>. KG. <laughs> we already know KG ain't watching Raw. So. Monday Night Raw is if Monday Night Raw is a movie, it'd definitely be the butterfly effect. Somebody keeps <laughs> Wow. Someone like definitely keeps trying to go back and <laughs> fix what's wrong with Raw and they keep making it ten, ten times worse. Holy shit, that's the most accurate assessment. Like real out of that, that's gonna be a real. That's a real. That's real. That, that, holy that's shit. All I gotta, that's all I got to say about Raw. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, oh, that literally is the <laughs> best definition of Raw that I have heard this side of the Mississippi. That is the best definition. Yeah. Oh, well, because we actually recorded, we we usually try to record either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, I believe we recorded Tuesday last week. So we kind of covered the Ricochet and Xavier Woods. That was like the highlight for me. Um, and then, uh, as Tim said earlier, the Usos against McIntyre and Biggie. Outside of that, I really can't speak to anything else that that I enjoyed personally on Raw. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at NXT much. Uh, I did say that's how they made the title change um, with uh, Camilo Hayes winning that championship, the North American Championship for sure. I mean, we figured that was happening, though. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, maybe not. You know what I mean? We knew they had to get it off of them just because it's going to SmackDown. I mean, granted, they could have took the title over in SmackDown. I would have liked to have seen that crossover. They kind of give them a... a you know, if we're not going to get the cruiserweights on there type thing, where it would have been interesting to have possible another championship. Uh -huh. Not long term, just because you don't want too many championships, but I would have thought it'd been interesting had they been able to keep that on for a little while and, you know, bring something different to the table. Like, you know, because outside of Kevin Owens, when's the last time you really saw someone bring the NXT championship or an NXT championship on uh, the main roster? That was, matter of fact, that was probably the second time that happened, wasn't it? Well, well, they did it with Clear and Cross, so I have to actually correct myself here. Um, oh, but, yeah. But it wasn't like, but KO actually had, I, I feel like, a little bit longer. Because he dropped it to Finn, I think, when they were in Japan. And he debuted, I want to say, mid-May on the main roster. Because I remember they randomly had that Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Because they Cena had a really good match. And KO was still NXT champion at the time. I think he dropped it like in early July when he went over to Japan. I guess the Beast in the East thing. Mm -hmm. Kofi been getting squashed by Brock since 2015, y'all. <laughs> yeah, like we got that shit got to stop. I'm sorry. Like, I just remembered that was a match on the card because we knew they would heal at the time. That's just gotta stop. like at some point that shit got to stop. And then, and not to sound like an asshole when it comes to like certain situations on Raw, it just feels like, like I, you just you just dug your, you dug yourself so deep in a hole that there really is nowhere for you else to you to go, but keep going down. Like there ain't no up for you. Like you're not digging upward. You're making it worse. Yeah. Well, on a positive, I will say this though. Um, 
that's not even on the Monday Night Raw side. Because I was going to say real quick, we can kind of transition to maybe a match or two everybody's looking forward to on Crown Jewel because they're not officially on the Raw roster. So all the all the matches I'm looking forward to are technically SmackDown matches um, on Crown Jewel. So I'm really looking forward to Hell in a Cell between Edge and Seth Rollins. And I'm looking forward to that triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Bianca, Becky, and uh, Sasha Banks. But I don't know about you you guys, but that, that's, those are my two matches I'm really looking forward to. I think that would be I don't want to let's say Let's do this. Let's, let's do a rundown of the matches. Uh, and we can, we can say which ones we're looking forward to, and then let's just pick um, uh, winners for the other ones. Uh, the matches as they are listed right now on the CBS Sports website, uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, SmackDown Women's Champion, as Kenny just said, uh, championship match, Peggy Lynch versus Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. Then we have the WWE Championship match, Big E versus Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley goes against Goldberg in a no-holds-barred match. Seth Rollins versus Edge in a Hell in a Cell. Raw tag team titles are on the line, RK Bro versus Styles and Omos. Then we have the King of the Ring finals which we just found out is going to be Xavier Woods and one Finn Balor in the final match at uh, Crown Jewel. And then it's going to be the Queen's Crown final. And, uh, oh, just now, Mansoor versus Mustafa. Or is it Mustafa? Mustafa, I believe. Mustafa. Ali. Mustafa. It makes him sound more important even though they, they won't commit to pushing him. Right. <laughs> Because it would just be too much, like, you know, building a new superstar like they did in the Attitude Era, which means they have to be patient and lose for a little while in order to win. But who wants to do that? Right. Stupid-ass Calvin. Anyway, um, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with it, but I'm going to do something a little different and, and be honest, just be honest and say it out loud. I am looking forward to the Hell in a Cell match with Edge and Seth Rollins. I am also looking forward to... Um, I actually am looking forward to the King of the Ring match and the triple threat with Becky, uh, Bianca, and Sasha. I don't want to see Roman and Brock at all. Like, I don't care how good the storyline is. You could do the storyline eons ago in terms of being able to make it better if you were just trusted, trusted the fact that Roman wanted to be healing and went with it. But I mean... I, I don't want to see that match. I don't mind the storyline. That's great. Like storylines, it's it's okay. good. Yeah, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry, but it's just how how many times can I see Roman take a, a German and him sell it really well? Like I know he's gonna sell it. It's gonna do good. Rock's gonna sell his shit. It's gonna be good. But you think you 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 think you you really think that? Fucking Roman Reigns is going to choke out Brock Lesnar in that little guillotine of his. You think he's going to choke out Majin Buu with a guillotine, nigga? Majin Lesnar. Majin Lesnar. Majin Lesnar is not going to get choked out by a guillotine. Majin Lesnar is going to take that Superman punch, but he's going to level up and it's going to be power level over 9,000. I don't give a fuck what you say. Okay, it's fucking Majin Lesnar. This, is, this ain't regular Brock Lesnar, bro. This is Majin Lesnar, all right? <laughs> All right, this is Majin Lesnar, so this is real shit. But I, 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 I really, what I want to happen, 
And I think that's is dope with the idea that you gave where it was like, oh, you know, uh, let's have uh, him walk out with Samoa Joe. That'd be awesome. I counter you and I raise you. What if Samoa Joe joins the bloodline and gets a Therein is the flip of what I was saying earlier. And I was waiting to say that when um, we got to talking about that particular match. Because that could very well happen. And I could I could totally see that happening if the flip doesn't happen with um, uh, uh, Paul flipping on, uh, you know, not only Brock, but Roman as well. And going, aligning himself with such a person. Um, but like I said, while that sounds good on paper, Samoa Joe doesn't need nobody to talk for him whatsoever. So it would be one of those moves where it's, it'll be kind of like how it was when CM Punk and Paul were together. And it's like, yo, this dude is money on the mic. He doesn't need a mouthpiece, you know? So why would you sit Paul next to him for that? Not necessarily that Roman needs a mouthpiece because you, if you see any of this title reign we've had here, hey, he's, he's been doing his thing, you know? Now that you're not handcuffing him to be this good guy, you know, and you're just letting him be himself. He's better. He's better. You know, um, but that was, that's my one thing with that match. The storyline leading up to it has definitely been entertaining. Um, seeing this different side of uh, Brock has been uh, uh, cool. But we all know how Brock matches normally go. And that's where I'm curious to see because Roman's been the aggressor in all of his matches leading up to this point i mean he's the heel right so shouldn't we see a different approach in this match between him and brock it should be him more so than him just taking suplexes all the time in the whole match for 20 minutes he'll probably do some type of shenanigans where the who's supposed to attack brock backstage or where he gets out there something similar to that to kind of make brock keep his aura um that's at least the way I see it going prior to the match because Roman is the heel. And it's not that Roman isn't believable to kind of work the same way he's been working, you know, with his other opponents. It's just one of those things, you know, how, you know, how uh, they like to protect Brock. So right. I'll tell you this, I'm not looking forward to, I heard that man contract expires next year. It's like, and that man, by that man, I mean Goldberg, because, you know, <laughs> speaking of, uh, no, I, I'm not looking for it. This, like, Joe God. brought the, yeah, Joe brought up the Dragon Ball Z reference earlier about, you know, we were cracking jokes about Martin Lesnar, going back to a previous saga of that TV show, waiting for Goldberg's contract to expire, it's like waiting on Planet Namek to explode. <laughs> 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 For like it was supposed to be like two weeks, and planet was supposed to explode. Like, do you that remember same episode? How long that took? That was like it was like a full. It was supposed okay. to be five minutes, right? Right. And it lasted like a 10, 10, 10 episode storyline arc when planet was supposed to blow up in five minutes. So that was five minutes. See, and I and this is when I wish I was able to get an anime because I I can't relish in this memory with you guys. Like, Okay, let, let but me, you can kind of get the joke though. I, I totally get the joke though. Let me break it yeah. down. Let me break it down for you. Okay. Um, for those of you that haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, there's a planet called Planet Nemec. 
uh, and it was supposed to blow up and and they found out it was supposed to blow up like first episode like the first episode they were like this, this shit's about to blow like it's about to blow the fuck up shit's about to happen and there's like a countdown for it and throughout the first episode you're like oh it's gonna blow up now and it doesn't two through i want to say two episodes two through like damn near six or seven it's like that throughout the whole show where it's like oh it's gonna blow oh it's gonna oh it's and it's like that throughout that to find like i, I want to say probably like episode eight nine or ten you you, you you're sick of it blowing up now you're like i'm, I'm done with this shit. i don't give a fuck when it blows the fuck up anymore so that that is that is the most accurate you guys are on fire tonight like that whole it's, thing it's just it oh it's like okay so do you remember when uh peter was like i don't like the godfather i didn't like it it insists upon itself that's what goldberg is he just insists upon himself like it's just we get it you were a badass okay uh, okay like we this skinny leg over the godfather part three yeah skinny ah. part three skinny leg over i would agree with that skinny leg over is godfather part three also, since we're throwing pot shots, the planet exploding basically, it's, you know, that's what was supposed to happen with that barbed wire death match. But, you know, sparkles just went off. AEW, don't get to us. You know what I mean? That shit was trash. Um, <laughs> I do have one more hot take that could, or possible scenario that could take place during Ty that. Jax joins the bloodline. Ha! <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Hey, I'm hey, pretty sure that's coming. No. Don't say that out loud. Don't do that because if he hears it, well, that may happen. Um, that wasn't the take. I was gonna say, um, Bobby, a one almighty, Bobby Lashley interferes and shows that he wants to smoke. I think that's more likely than the Samoa Joe scenario, just from the standpoint that they won't book heel versus heel on the main roster. That's the only reason I don't see that happen. Not that I'd be mad at it. That'd be definitely interesting. But if anybody could benefit from Damon, I would, if they're not going to add somebody to the bloodline and you actually going to have him go away from Roman, uh, who, who could really benefit? I'm trying to think of like a younger talent. They really don't, I see that's the problem. I saw some article, they said it's like 22 people on the main roster that's like 40 years old or older. I would say. I and would some say, of them are pushing 40 as well. Unless they did carrying or Keith Lee at this particular moment in time, or hell, Drew McIntyre. I, I think I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm sorry, KG, you interrupted. I don't want him to do that. Don't do that to Drew because he's. I'm gonna give Drew his flowers now. Drew's been fucking awesome, and 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 no, we do not like story time with Drew. We don't like story time with Drew, <laughs> but. We do like Drew, and 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 Drew does not need an advocate. He didn't need Dolph Ziggler for the love of God. I don't know why that was a thing for a little while, but it was. Um, it's not a psychopath, man. What was hey. it? Dogs of War. Yeah. If he if if he was, if 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 it was just guy psychopath, we're good with that, because it's it's enough going on. But I I don't want Paul Heyman to be an advocate for Drew McIntyre. Um, I don't want that. I, I really don't want that. that. That would annoy me. That would annoy me. Um, Why would it annoy you? It would be a different, fresh take on Drew. Um, I do think we need to see him in a heel space. He's been a 
face basically since the pandemic started. Um, I think that's where we headed anyway in the match. And I guess this could kind of segue into the WWE championship match. Uh, I think that's where we're going anyway with this match he's about to have with uh, Big E. I don't think so, because then who's the top baby face on SmackDown? I think Drew's going to face Roman at WrestleMania. They already kind of hinted at them having a rematch from last year's Survivor Series. So they can't get because they, they can't get Rock. They can't get Rock to do anything. Well, in movie role. I think it's that, and then who's like even if if even if even if Rock was there, it's like the only other scenario where it's like you kind of have to reward Drew. He's been kind of getting. He got the short end the last two WrestleMania's. Like we knew Bobby Lashley was going over. There's nothing wrong with that. But when Drew got his moment, there was no one there to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just you kind of got to give Drew something, even if Rock was because if Rock, if they could get Rock, I, it's not that they can't get Rock. I, I heard they want to do, they want to make Hollywood WrestleMania or whatever. You know, that was supposed to be this year hey, WrestleMania hey, at Inglewood and Los Angeles or Hollywood or whatever have you. Um, I think. If, even if they had gotten rocked, like I said, you still kind of got to reward Drew. And the problem with that is, like, they, that's what I was saying a few weeks ago. Like, that's, they pretty much gutted SmackDown's roster because the only other thing you could do with Drew or significance is, I would love this, but are they going to book them, right? Drew versus, like, Shinsuke. Uh, yeah. But that, that's if he was flipped. I just don't think he's going to flip because... Outside of Shinsuke, who's who's really on the babyface side on SmackDown right now? Because they, like I said, they, they gutted their roster. You don't have Finn. You don't have Finn Ricochet. no more. You don't have KO. You got Ricochet, who's in dire need. But what I'm saying, they're not gonna push Ricochet to face. If they Ricochet will face Roman on an episode of SmackDown, and Roman will <laughs> make him look like a million bucks. That was funny. You thought they were gonna do something smart and use Ricochet. That was funny. And they could. Got- I mean, they could end up. End up I know that was like the championship where they did that multi-man match. I mean, I, I could see Ricochet winning the IC championship by WrestleMania 38. They do like a multi-man match. Maybe like Ricochet, Shinsuke. Um, who else is on that? You know, so it's mad downside. Uh, they keep, yeah, I just got to look, look at that roster. Maybe. Who else is on there? They make Carl, Sammy. You only need like four. Yeah, I think that'd be. Oh, I mean, be unfortunately, Westcott will probably be in there too. Yeah, Ricochet. But Ricochet's honestly, if if you if you book him right, you you really could use Ricochet for a lot of good shit if you really book him right. Like if you if you if you make it so that like he has all you really need to do. Um. All you really need to do, honestly, is if you put Ricochet in 20-minute matches on SmackDown with fierce and great competition, it builds itself. You don't need to have him talk. You don't need to have him do much of anything. Get Go to a wrestling city, New York or Chicago, hell, Philadelphia, bring out Ricochet, let him have an epic match that he's been having, and small, small promos work best for Ricochet. Because he's not the best talker, but he's not terrible. Um, but if you put him in that that realm where, like, he, you, you know, let him shine a little bit with his personality and do not write bullshit for him, 
Like, don't don't call him like Ricochet, and then no, that's stupid. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but like, really put him in like like put him in a space where he can be himself. That like when people are themselves, that's where they shine. And I think Becky and Seth Rollins did a podcast with somebody with the British podcast, and Becky was like. No one can tell me who to be. No, no one can tell me how to be myself. I've been myself since I was born in this world. You writing something for me is not going to give me a better promo about me being myself. The man, the man is who I really am. like. That's this is my full self. When I was doing the king, when I was doing the quinoa jokes, whatever, that was me being myself. That's when I was. Right. Like, you writing, you writing all these like things for me is not helping me be a better wrestler or me getting over at all. Just let me be myself and be who I am. So, You know what they need to do with the wrestlers in my opinion is, you know how you had back in school, you know, we had presentations and stuff. We might've wrote some stuff down. Right. We might've looked at the, the note sheet occasionally. We right. weren't trying to go out the, up there and say nothing verbatim. That's the problem. They need to hit like certain bullet points, but then like put their own spin on it. But at the same time, we know they don't want to do that because, you know, the rumors are basically that they don't really want too many people thinking they're bigger than the company. The problem with that is though, they push so many people to the moon over and over. It's like, they're going to end up thinking that. I guarantee you, Char thinks he's bigger, too big for WWE right now as it is. <laughs> I don't doubt that, but that's like I don't know he was going there. <laughs> I think I, I, I don't doubt that at all. But the problem is, is like this sport's gonna go on when you die. When hot take when, when we are old ass men and hot take wrestling is like around like 30th year anniversary and shit, and we're old as fuck talking about wrestling. There's gonna be another podcast that's gonna come after us talking about wrestling just as good as us, if not better. The ones that understand, like for Brian Daniel, Brian Daniels understands that. Uh, Suzuki Minoru, Suzuki Minoru understands that. He's 0-3. He's 0-2 in AEW. But you wouldn't be able to tell by his reaction because he gets that the sport is bigger than his character, what he's done. He's, a, he's, yeah. he's New Japan Hall of Fame all the way, no matter what happens. At the end of the day, he's New Japan Hall of Fame. It's probably going to be one of the greatest to ever do it. And he understands that the sport is bigger than anything he can be or anything he can travel to. CM Punk is the same way because he loves wrestling again and he realized and he found he fell back in love with it. And that does have a lot to do with that does have a lot to do with like just with the fact of how like fresh the company is. Because these these matches don't follow a program where it's like, oh, there's a face here and there's a heel here and it's supposed to go down like that. No, everybody just wants a chance at everybody. The funny thing is that um, Noah Suzuki is actually, he's, he's in his 50s and he's actually entertaining. Yes. That's, I'll leave it at that. You take that, you know, whether that's a shoot or not or another shot at anyone in particular, you know what I'm talking about. He, I don't think he's yeah, it is a shot. It's a factual statement. It's a factual statement, but it's also a shot at, at, at other 50 year olds. That's a shot. And they're not, they're not making you write up. like my tattoo. You don't, you, they don't have their promo on their arm trying to remember all that BS that they telling them to say. Like, That's, you know what I'm saying? They, they're letting them go out there. Hey, look, these, like Kenny said, 
these are the points we want you to hit. Make sure you mention this. This pay-per-view is coming up. Make sure it all comes back around to that if that's what the end game is. I'm pretty sure they were not doing that to Stone Cold. They were not doing that to The Rock. They were not doing that to Mick Foley. You can't tell me they was doing it to Triple H. You know what no, I'm saying? It was, it was one yeah. writer. It was one writer, bro. You create this you creating this glass ceiling for what? If they, you know, go past your expectations and they transcend being a wrestler, so fucking what? It helps your product. You think Sasha's gonna stay around forever if the Marvel comes knocking? Sasha, we want to give you Psylocke on X Men the reboot. Yeah, she's gone. You know, um, but this is what I wanted to touch on when you guys were talking about Ricochet. I'm like, yo, is it is it just me? Am I bugging or is Ricochet just the ball headed uh, AJ Styles? Why are we not booking Ricochet like AJ? AJ, you can arguably say during that time, his tenure on SmackDown, he carried SmackDown, him and Danny Bryan. Why isn't Ricochet being presented in that fashion? This dude is just as athletic, has just as much ability. You know what I'm saying? AJ's a better talker, obviously, but. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is right there, what you said, though, since the AJ's a better talker thing. But at the same time, they, I feel like they, they called Ricochet, like, not that he needed to be on NXT, but he, he needed to gather, like, the WWE fan base because he had buzz. From everybody from the hardcore man, like I knew who Ricochet was, and I didn't really see much of his stuff for WWE. I still knew who he was though. Um, wow. But WWE is petty too, though, because if you remember, I don't know if this is true or not, but they, you know, they always say kind of take things with a grain of salt or don't believe everything you read on the internet. They didn't want to sign Ricochet his first tryout. They decided to pass on him. That's when he ended up going to Lucha Underground. Cause they're saying basically people were marking out for him like some of the other wrestlers and i'm like how do you hold that against him exactly I that's what i heard that's why i heard they passed on me the first time like i don't know let me explain let me explain why as someone who's watched the indies and has watched ricochet and aj styles go at it that is an inaccurate comparison, but that's the way the WWE sees it. They both do the flippy stuff. Offensive-minded wrestlers that do the flippy stuff, but they're not the same. If you go back and watch, there's, there's, there's matches with them, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, and they have like 35-minute blowout, offensive, crazy-ass, hard-hitting matches or whatever. And they're all like, they're, they're they're all they're all great matches like they're great they're great ep they're great epics they're, they're great epilogues they're odysseys or whatever because they tell a story and rick should have to say a word about that and the problem is is that not to sound like an asshole and not to just create this dynamic but wwe has a problem with um wwe has a problem with trusting people to be who they are they didn't want they didn't want Dwayne Johnson to be um, who he actually was. They gave him Rocky Mike, made him smile a lot, and, and had to have him like a fucked up haircut and do his hair. They didn't want uh, Steve Austin to be Steve Austin. They wanted him to be the ringmaster for a while because it made sense to have him be the ringmaster. 
they wanted Triple H to be Hunter Hearst Helmsley when he's never been rich a day in his life when he comes from a lower middle class family in the first place. Because they think these characters will get over a certain way. My thing is with Ricochet is that Ricochet athletically is one of the best wrestlers to do it. I guarantee you if he gets the opportunity to be himself, he'll change the whole spectrum of what's available in WWE. Like he'll change the whole fucking thing. I'll tell you who does want him. AEW wants bad. Badly. Him and Matt Sidell were a tag team. They used to they used to rip it up against the Young Bucks. So they're waiting. Like how when is he out? So if they so if they don't want his ass, if they don't want his ass to, to bro, everybody ate. If, if you breaking news, breaking news, do drop versus Zelina Vega in the Queens uh, uh, Crown Tournament. Finals. Let's move on. Um, and I say that just because, as we talked about last week, um, and see, this is why we say we hate certain things that WWE does and not the company itself, but they just dropped the ball to the whole women's tournament. It's, it's, it's a cluster. Like, please go, you, go down, the, go down the line of why it's a fuck up because, because I, I know you'll be able okay. to do better than me. Go down the line. Okay. So first of all, they they just brought Tony Storm up within the last few months. They have her losing the first round. I think that she lost wasn't even like a, an extended match. That's part of the problem. Second problem: Why are Tegan? Why were Tegan Knox and Chachi Blackheart not in that tournament? And they had when they called them up, they beat the women's tag team champions. So it's right. like, why push them like that to make them relevant? And then it's like, oh, you know what? We're gonna do a Queen's Crown tournament. We're not gonna put two of our best women wrestlers on the roster in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Like some of the other best women wrestlers on the on the roster are feuding for championships. Now I get that, so I'm not gonna. Why is it Rhea Ripley in there? Like, it's just a Queen's Crown tournament. It's not another championship. Why isn't Nikki A.S. in there? Um, right. It's just so many talented women were left out of this, and it would have made for more compelling television. Because, like, I get why no one's going to have Shayna Baszler and Dana Brooke go back and forth. I get it. I'm not going to say I needed to see that. There should have been some squash matches. But these five-minute matches, at at most five minutes, I think the longest match was Dewdrop and Natalia, which, once again, could have been actually a decent match. If you watched her when she was Piper and Evan, and they give her that trash name, Dewdrop, like when she was on NXT UK. I mean... It's it, it's it's a long list of reasons why they just that tournament is just trash. Um, yeah, I'm getting angry, so I'm gonna move on to some positive. Speaking of women's dressing up, I thought I'm glad they did the last 30 minutes of that uh, commercial free because I thought Becky and Tasha had a really good main event on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. The majority of that was was them their 30 minutes. The Brock and Roman segment was only probably like maybe five seven minutes tops. Mm-hmm. So, I will say that that was pay-per-view quality match as far as I was concerned. Um, but did you? So one talking point I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you, did you all see the rumored leaked uh, full gear card. No. So, nah, so obviously they announced Heyman and 
uh, Kenny for the main event. The other, so the, man, I don't know if this is gonna, actually going to happen, but so I guess Tony Khan was at the Jacksonville Jaguars and somebody got like solid notepad and he, he had the card. So Moxley and Brian Daniels are supposed to be the tournament final at full gear. Now I'm excited about that because they didn't really ever get a chance to have a full-on match in WWE. They always gave, obviously we saw Roman and DB and they had great chemistry. So do Seth and DB. But now we get to see Danielson and, and the American Dragon too at that against, you know, the purveyor of violence as they call him, John Moxley. Um, supposed to be Adam Cole and Christian. Hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of good matches on these cards. It's supposed to be FTR and Gucci Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, they just take all on with you right now. Uh, there, what was the other matches in the card? There's some other ones that's all uh, Inner Circle. I mean, that's that says what it is. Then you see what they're trying to do. They're trying to elevate Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. It's supposed to be Inner, Inner Circle versus Top American Top Team. Um, I think it was Jade. Versus Thunder Rosa. Mm. They haven't. I don't think they announced announced a women's championship match. But yeah, they, it was a lot of hey, intriguing matches. Just off that list alone, I could find the other ones that I, that were uh, real quick. No, shouldn't take too long. I'm search for it real quick. Which one were you anticipating the most out of those? Well, for me, I would say. FTR and Lucha Brothers, because Heyman and Kenny are still going to put on a great match, too, though. Hey, bro. How- oh, MJF and Darby Allen, obviously. When you, the, the tag team match screamed out at me, dude, and, like, slapped me out of the out of the laptop when you said that. Like, I, the rest of the card sounds good. Do not get me wrong, but, dude, those Lucha Brothers and FTR. She. And then Cody Rhodes is either supposed to face Malachi, Andrade, or Miro. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, yeah, I think him and well, it's just because I can see why I might put words in your mouth. I can see why what they've been doing with Cody, but I would. I mean, it's clearly about to lead to a heel turn. He keeps saying he's not going to. I think it's not going to be Malachi. They already announced Cody and Malachi for this week's Dynamite. So, um. Lucha Bros have a reason, though, going back to this week's timelines, they also have a reason to look for revenge because FCR was the mass luchadors. Yeah. <laughs> they took the, yeah, they took the triple A tag yeah. titles off of them. Uh, <laughs> and then MJF's backstage talking to Andrade. <laughs> he was like, Poppy, nice doing business with you. Which <laughs> was gracias. I was like, oh, goodness. This stepping guy. I like, and I'm, I'm gonna say this one thing, then I'm gonna get to my Queen of the Ring brand a little bit. I like how, like, even anything outside of AEW still affects what goes on in the AEW ring. Like, I like how the fact that even though they won the title in AAA, it's gonna be relevant to the storyline later on down the line because everything is like, you know, a piece by piece thing. And I really appreciate AEW for following up with that, knowing that people have different. Like, like making it aware that there are more than one option to just wrestle, like no more than one place to wrestle at. WWE makes it like, seem like the people just came out of nowhere and just decided to wrestle because they watched WWE and that, that's the ultimate place. And they don't even like acknowledge other 
other entities and that kind of bothers me a little bit but that's not like they used to say um Liv Morgan is the future of the women's roster I don't know if I'll go that far just hear me out hear me out hear me she out she could be I let you finish I let you finish <laughs> Liv Morgan is the future of the women's roster and this is why I say that in the time that she had to watch Ruby Riot wrestle, and in the time where she had to kind of learn how to be a better wrestler under the tutelage of Ruby Riot, I don't call her Ruby Riot just for reasons of people really not recognize that, she's two or three times better than what she was in NXT. Way better. Can we agree on that? I'd say that. Okay. And then when it comes down to it, who 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 was probably the hottest in the tournament? Like who was the one that fan favorite in the tournament? For the Definitely live. Live. In terms of yeah, who was yeah. in there? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now you're telling me that Liv can't be an Alexa Bliss, who we honestly thought was just going to be like a gymnastic flippy person without personality or character. I'm not saying in ring ability, in, in ring ability, like she's the future of the WWE women's roster, but I am saying that to have a viable extra outside of the four horse woman, Liv Morgan is that. And she can be more if she really sticks with it and really works hard. I really do believe that. But you get, when you get her knocked out the first round, Piper Niven was probably one of the highlights of the May Young Classic when she was in the tournament. You get her as Dewdrop and you don't let her rest for more than 10 minutes. People can really realize, show why she's really that fucking good. Um, Shayna Bay was Shayna, was Shayna Baszler in there at, at the Queen of the Ring tournament at all? She yep. did. She lost the Dewdrop tonight. Okay. Um, why is she aligned with Sonya Deville? Do we know? The uh, I guess it's the further along the storyline of. See, okay, I guess it's. Further on the story, I'm going to go back to what I was saying after that uh, with Sonya and Naomi. The problem I have with that is they're basically ignoring the fact that Naomi is married to Jimmy Uso. Roman's running SmackDown, basically. You don't think he can just pull that card and, like, even though they still have the final say, apparently, like, basically, you know, he, he's running that show, basically, in a sense, in the storyline. Mm -hmm. You're going to let, you know, let the familiar. Just you know, keep taking these, keep taking these uh, disses. You, you, he always keep telling the Usos, you know, you diss me, you just you, you just they dissing the whole family and stuff. Whether it's marriage or not, that's still family technically. Making the family look bad, and that's my thing. Like, even that's Mike, not making sense. Mike Michael Cole even said it. Like, I don't understand this alliance at all, and he said it out loud. And I don't know if he was supposed to say it, but he said it out loud. Um, I don't like how these women have gotten five minutes to wrestle. And if, and honestly, if, if I'm wrong and I'm not calling her a dude job, Piper Niven and Selena Vega have a, an amazing match because Selena Vega can wrestle too because she did a lot of impact. Then, so, then, then I will gladly eat my words. I will gladly eat my words. I have no problem doing that. But if I know how this is going to go, where this is going to be a seven and a half minute match, and, and and do drop 
as you like to call her, is the queen of the ring, and you give her these whack ass character things to do, and she's I I just I, I saw that as an opportunity for WWE be like like look where we are as having one of the best women's rosters in wrestling. And I feel like they really dropped the ball on it by just letting it be such shit. Like just it's just so shitty. That yeah. Queen's crown prior to this NXT 2.0 takeover, if you did that exclusively through NXT, would have went completely different. It would have well, been compelling. It would have had the right people involved. It would have been people that from the top of the card to the bottom of the card. And everybody would have been like, holy smokes, look what they did with this to bring importance to it. And see, the thing is, though, I just would have kind of did what we were speaking on to earlier or last week. Um, I probably would have included more NXT women than, than uh, women on the main roster outside of like, I mean, I'm going to say more than I just would have. So here's the thing. I would have just did a 16-woman tournament. Uh, it would have been EO, Zoe Stark, even though they're the tag champs, whatever. Rhea would have been in there, Nikki. I said, Tony was already in there. Shachi, I would have put, put Tegan in there. I would have put, you know, you know, to make it feel more special, I would put Raquel in there. Just because you're a champion, I mean, you can't be in the tournament. Why wouldn't Charlotte in there? Right. And not right. doing nothing. As much as I bag on her, she's a phenomenal wrestler. I just, you know, character-wise, I just don't care for her. But, um, you know, just make it a real tournament where fans can get it, get behind it. And we don't necessarily know who's going to win. It just be a big moment for someone, whether they be in this, you know, whether it be a veteran or whether it be somebody like a Livermore, where they could have went far in the tournament, even if they don't win, or just how to have them win the tournament. Because um, they, oh, Ember, I don't know how I feel about Ember, because I guess they forgot about two booking watches. Another reason why I'm watching this show right now. Um, it's not a hit over there, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it was such a disservice, the whole tournament. It's just, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just giving an addict thinking about it from a standpoint that what does it even mean? Like Joe said, it was an opportunity to to really put this, you know, to continue the development of what was, you know, now it's almost like they're back to the to, to crap that people were mad about in the first place. When the whole Give D was a chance movement started on Twitter because they were getting these terrible, terribly short matches. Because I'll be honest, it's too many matches on the card for them to actually let them go more than five, six minutes. I don't understand it. I don't... Just I don't, it, it makes sense. I don't... Uh, I don't I don't get it. I don't, because... Because I feel like you have one of the best rosters of women and you chose to showcase it by using women... I don't feel like you, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you put any effort into it at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, with some of the things that like AEW's women roster is stacked with like unknown talent that they have because they have like potential. But WWE has solidified stars in there that they've used in different aspects of different areas and, and they've shown they can wrestle. And plus, and plus not to, not to sound crazy, but Vince is off his rocker. 
And he has no idea how good women dressing is. That was Stephanie. Oh, and to disappoint you guys some more, he wants to do a character change and change Cameron Grimes' look. He wants him to shave his chest for some reason. I heard, I heard all this stuff. That dude's, I don't know. Oh, and one other name I can't believe I left out, uh, Dakota Kai. Why isn't she in the tournament? Yeah, that's weird. Why is she not in the That's weird. Where is she at, period? I would love to see her in the bloodline. I mean, especially just make random people related off of women anyway. Yeah. She's Kiwi, right? She's Kiwi, right? She's Samoan and I think she's from New Zealand. She's Samoan and something else. Okay. I forgot. I have to look it up. Yeah. Uh, Dakota? Yeah. So yeah, he wants uh, uh, Calvin would like Cameron Grimes to change his character. Let's look shave his chest and, you know, challenge him to get that brass point. This guy has gotten over both as a face and a heel in NXT. Everybody loves him as is. Not saying, okay, we can't go for it, uh, uh, a little, you know, shift and see, but this is the problem. It's just like what they did with Carrion. Okay, we're going to take away Scarlet and we're going to put on these, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, leather suspenders. You know, he looks like a dominatrix participant now and it's just kind of like, yo, what, what the hell is going on? Uh, I can see if it was progressive additions or, 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 or changes or whatever that's taking place, but that's not the case. These changes are trash, man. The, the, the decisions by the powers that be are like, okay, hey, this is this doesn't make any sense. So the goal, so the goal apparently that the goal apparently is just to kind of make NXT 2.0, um, just just a place to do like five the, hours of raw. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, bro, seriously, seriously, because apparently Nick Khan has come up with a pay per view for the beginning of January of next year called Day One. And uh, he wants that to be a prelude to to Royal Rumble. And yeah, who, who, where did this dude come from? And like, where, what was his resume? Like, I feel like ever since I heard about that comedian, bro, that didn't know a thing about wrestling, got hired. Like, I feel like the next time I see WWE on Indeed, maybe I should just throw mine in the bag and see what happens. I would I'll totally leave Chicago and go to Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> at least I know what the hell I'm doing. Now, I'll probably be one of those people that you hear on podcasts that say, yeah, I used to work for WWE. I got fired for such and such reasons, but at least I have it under my belt. I, I, cheers. Go ahead, I, but see, the problem is, is if, and I, I'll, I'll be very frank with you guys, if any of the three of us got hired, I don't foresee us being like, yes, man. I don't foresee yes, that. fired. I mean, the not non yes men get fired. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't foresee. Like, I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm gonna go interview. You guys don't want to hire me. It's gonna be terrible for you. You're gonna hate my guts every day because whenever there's a stupid idea, I'm going to give you guys shit about it. I'm going to. I'm not gonna hold back. Because like, like, like you said about the attitude era. He was like, nobody was using attitude era because Vince Russo was the only writer. Like, there were, there were, there were like other people involved in terms of writing, like helping. But, uh -huh. but Vince Russo was the guy you had to go through. Like, 
he was the guy you had to go through to clear something if you want to say something to Mike. Like you, you weren't able to, otherwise your ass was out. You were gone. Then it got to the point where after that, they started hiring more writers when they let Vince go to WCW because they wanted to show that they could use multiple writers and show off how dynamic they could be as a company when they went publicly traded. And that's where the shit kind of hit the fan because now they weren't hiring people that like were writing wrestling anymore. They were just hiring writers. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, no, it was Freddie Prince Jr., but I heard he was writing there for several years, and I'm just like, yo, do you get this job if you're not, like, Freddie Prince Jr.? Like, She's all that, Freddie Prince Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, he was on the rock. Uh, he was on the creative team at one point, yeah. Freddie? Like, yeah, Freddie I think, like, around, I think, which is funny, because around that time, he was there with actually decent TV still. Because he was around the time, I think, with Orton. Remember, didn't Orton, like, put him in the head? Yeah, that's how they wrote him off. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because he, he was, he was, right, he was like, writing, helping right then. I'm like, early, I was actually early, still early, watching. Early. Now, that was, like, late 20. That was before, that was, like, late 2009. That's when Orton came back with the tattoos on his arm and stuff. Yeah. I think, didn't have I a tattoo heard that early 2000s because it was, like, 09. Like, we, like, in 2020 now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, yeah. It's Freddie Prince Jr. I think he is a W. He's a he's a lifetime WWE fan. That's different. Okay, that's okay. But still, my thing is with Cameron Grimes. I feel like they Vince doing that because he mad because his gimmick is like him and Baron Corbin are the same gimmick. One dude's killing it, and the other dude. So how are you giving these people the same gimmick? First of all, second of all, I don't get mad because one dude's killing it, and the other dude this is his what fifth gimmick. How many gimmicks you gonna give Baron Corbin? Do you realize, like, either actually push him, basically stop keeping this dude near the mid to upper mid card slash main event, and this is just like it's not working. I, I don't go. I don't know what it is. Like maybe he's likable backstage or something. I have no clue. I... Hey, when you when you have the big guy's blessing, and I, and I don't mean a big guy in the sky. You know, you, you have preferential treatment. <laughs> Apparently, because I'm telling you, man, you had the worst gimmick several times for me. Oh, so this is a question I wanted to ask you guys uh, when we were talking about the, the stark difference about AEW versus WWE. Um, as we know, WWE is a publicly traded company. AEW is not. Do we think that there would be like a product change and presentation if WWE just happened to one day just say, you know what, we're no longer publicly traded. We're going back to being homegrown and just, you know, privately owned. Okay, here's my thing. I'll make another movie analogy. It's a cop-out for people to say that publicly-owned company or whatever, publicly traded company. The reason I say that is because I don't even care about the expletives and stuff like that. You, we sat here a few weeks ago and just said how much AEW was wearing that one episode. I was like, was that all really necessary? Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, the probably the fun, one of the funniest comedies I ever saw was Airplane, the original one. How much swearing was in there? Not much. Like you can, you just gotta have creative minds. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't even care for the. 
I mean, because you can push the envelope with the TV PG. That's the thing. PG is parents' guide. That's what people don't understand. I think people confuse PG and don't know what it really stands for. I'm like, they're not TV seven, okay? <laughs> like, in that case, all right. But I mean, it's just a, it's just a matter of being creative. That, that answers your question. I think they just need to open up the open up the playbook. I mean. WWE didn't like take a nosedive and just were like terrible when they were a publicly traded company. I'm saying, I'm saying for me, WWE was always, they got better with time because they were creative. They were act like they were actually very creative. Um, they thought outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why USA stuck with them for so long. That's the reason why Spike TV begged them to come on for Raw because they were creative and they thought of ideas. Them being publicly traded has nothing to do with why they dial it back. They dial it back now because they think they have to because of these affiliates that they're trying to get to. The ABC and the NBA of the world where they're trying to make their show family fun programming. And you can do that but I think there's certain slots that you want to aim for. Like, no, like not a lot of people remember this, but at one point, WWE was on Saturday mornings. And that was family, that was family friendly entertainment at one point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I'm showing my age, but that's, but that's, that's what that was for. Like you had that realm of it. That's what that was for. But then you had other aspects of it where it was like, oh shit, like shit a little real tonight. Can't let the kids see this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think WWE just stopped being cre like creative and, and desiring to be creative and just keep recycling stories. So. Here's my thing. Two points I'll sum up real quick and probably wrap up some of that. Y'all got some of the challenge y'all about. Yeah. WWE, uh, what, five years ago when that brand split first happened, everybody was raving on SmackDown. So it's like you can put out compelling television. You just gotta come up with better writers. You know, I don't. It's not like I said once again. It's not about the swearing. It's not about you know, uh, you know, sex appeal and all that stuff. Sales, I'm sure it does, but you know, I wouldn't even need all that. Like you know, it, it's it's funny to see certain things with swearing and and you know, it has a certain appeal when you put certain women and things like that. But at the same time, all that's unnecessary. Uh, second of all, um. I lost my train of thought there. What was my second point? Oh, well, it'll come back to me. Hmm. Um, I'm just asking it because it was kind of like, all right, people were saying that, like, always having such a contributing factor to why the, there's such a difference in the, 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 the product, the AEW product being a lot more raunchier and freer of certain restrictions versus, you know, WWE because they publicly traded. So I just wanted to, you know, get y'all thoughts on that and see if y'all share well, that sentiment or not. That's my second point I was going to make. Um, <laughs> to me, I get trying to be more family friendly or whatever have you, but it's one of those things where it's what's the average fan base's age. You kind of got to like you know, aim for your media, basically. That's kind of how I feel because maybe they're thinking, hey, let's we're trying to keep fans for life. No, it's not. Somebody summed it up a long time ago. It's it's one person that's basically writing television that's entertaining himself. 
That's what it is. I keep hearing story after story of like people keep coming up with ideas, and ninety-eight percent of the time, one dude saying no, and he has the final say. So at that point, why are there writers like at this point? Because they just gonna keep having their ideas shot down. Like why? You want to keep that money for yourself? I think, but I think the writers are only just to be able to add more to the repeat repetitive ass stories that you add to it like just to you know somebody said that uh seth Rollins should throw up when he slap his face in the stairs throw up i like that go down i mean I'll, I'll do you one better then if that's if you want that type of control like i i was listening to busted open earlier and they were uh talking about how now they have a thing going where they're basically trying to control crowd reaction and it's like yo if you want that much control over the overall presentation over the characters and you want that over the audience now too then you need to take a page out of stars <laughs> new hit show heels and just do that don't do a live uh, presentation of sports entertainment just go ahead and do a full-on show where you're you know you're tyler perry and you can do as you please with your actors, uh, not your actors, your characters. Yeah. Just make yeah, I've heard that. Go ahead, Joe. No, that was it. That's all I had. Just make a TV show. Because uh, I heard they've been doing that for years, though. Because if you remember um, when Jericho and Kale were doing the best friend angle in the 2016, mm -hmm. um, you remember when he took the U.S. Championship off Roman? And dude was like hyped. Then the next week that they showed that dude make it look like he was shot. The same fan. Like they got like another shot of him after the week. So they had a shot of him, I guess, during the match or something like that. And they used that for the video package to make it look like the dude was like in shock that Jericho won the US championship while Roman. When in fact he was like hyped up, like because he was probably he was probably like in our age group. Yeah. And my thing is, it's like they—it's they, just they've been doing that for years, though. Too, I heard uh, a few years ago they, because you know they don't ever do live broadcasts in the UK unless it's a takeover. Um, I heard Walter had like an insane pop, and like when you heard, hear back on Raw, and he came out to ask for Seth's open challenge, you could hear it was like tame. Like, it was like most reports saying like Walter had a huge pop that night. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they—they they always kind of did that. And piped in cheers and uh, pipe in brews. So I, I don't see the point. Fans pay money to cheer and boo whoever they want at this point. Um, your fan base is old enough, excuse me, the average fan, to know that it's predetermined in terms of the results. And I hate when people say smarks and marks and all that. It's like, yo. People are going to cheer for who they want to cheer for, whether it be heels or faces. Like, people put the stigma out there that, like, certain cities, all the heels are more over. No. The people that, for the most part, who the fans think are the most talented old, go back and listen to TLC, was it 2012, like the Shields debut? DB was still crazy over. And at that point, they were transitioning Team Hell No from being like, well, DB from being like the tweener to the baby face. He was super over that night. He might have had the loudest pop of the night. So, mm -hmm. I don't think they care about, and once again, it could be what Joe was saying too, though, you have that history with Ring of Honor and stuff like that on the East Coast. But the point is, 
you know, if they only like heels on the East Coast, why is DB getting cheered? I think fans just want to, they want the most talented people they, in their yeah. eyes, they feel to succeed. Short, long, long story short, which was a long exactly. story. <laughs> yeah, I, but I think, I think what we're, uh, I think, I think we're hitting all the nails on the head. This is my thing though, with like WWE, um, and Roman said this on a podcast. He was like, um, and I might be misquoting it, what he said. Um, so I apologize if I am. He was like, he doesn't see, like, he, he sees AEW as little brother. He's, because he's like, because they involve the fans in the show so much. Like, I've never wanted to be a part of a show where the fans were, in essence, a character on the show and not them watching the show. Um, and I think that's really what WWE. WWE does they make it a show like they don't make the fans they don't have the fans in mind in terms of the show not like in the sense where they don't want the fans there but they're not making a show that's going to have the fans best interest for like a certain wrestler it's more so just like an odyssey like it's a show it's just it's just a fucking show like that's it whether you're not and I think AEW does it we're like who's over Okay, push this guy. That would be nice to be able to use him, or whatever, or from there, or whatever. They're like that, or whatever, because I feel like they understand the concept of like. I feel like they really do understand the old school concept of like word of mouth is the way that's going to get us over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Okay. Well, well and payback out that real quick. It'll be the last one. We can probably end here. Um, unless Mario has anything to add. I was just going to say that. It's almost some of the stuff Roman said made sense, but some of it also makes him just sound like he's being the, the the good company guy because I don't ever feel like AEW's crowds because that's the thing. As much as we I laugh at that stuff, how many nights have WWE fans been trolling the shows like the night after WrestleMania because like that's how bad the product they have to do something to entertain themselves. AEW has not had a single night where I was like they're trolling the show like they hate this segment. Like they are just fully invested in. I I mean I get what Roman's saying. Like you should be aiming your your fan base to everyone, but the problem is WWE has ignored the hardcore fan. That's the problem. They're more concerned with the casual fan, the family, basically. And, yeah, that's exact, and that that's exactly what he said too. He said WWE is more so concerned about like the family and, and and being able to grow as a brand. But my thing was. When you cater to your hardcore fan base, you grew. I mean, like, okay, I'll use the example. Uh, I apologize if I say name. Shonda Rhimes wrote Grey's Anatomy and also got a chance to write for Scandal. Would it be a fair assessment to say that if she was not a good writer on Grey's Anatomy and writing something that's really good that scandal would not be even something that would be brought into fruition because she didn't do so well i say it would be and I, that's how i feel about it. absolutely I, I, yeah absolutely. I, I feel like that's, how that's it, all, it, it, yeah that's all contingent upon your initial product being the best possible product it could be you know what i'm saying it, it attracted enough people every week it was on it caught the executive's attention obviously to even get greenlit in the first place and you kept it compelling enough throughout the years for them to say, hey, you know what? Shonda has a new idea. We're willing to give it a shot. You right. know, 
that all is contingent upon what you know she started off with. You start how you start is how you finish. Like I didn't understand that at first, that same, but I totally get it now, which is why with any other podcast I'm associated with or I've been on or that I do, I try to preach that. And it's kind of where I got the whole do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Because how you start is how you finish. Right. You know. You got it. So, that's it. So, right. Make sure if that, you know, right. And it's got to be consistent. I feel like WWE be like on that. Um, thank you guys. We're gonna wrap this episode up, bro. Um, thank you. <laughs> you put a bow on that real quick. <laughs> you say what? I said you put a bow on that real quick. You like? I had to. Yeah, no. They they like all of that. All of that good stuff. They like it. <laughs> no, I had to because we'll, we'll be here all day complaining about WWE. We'll, we could do it all day. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, SmackDown's the only show I watch on WWE right now. Two things. I'm not even ashamed to say that. Two things. Please go back and watch the buy-in on YouTube. It's probably one of the best um, hours of wrestling that AEW's giving you just because even the women's match was actually pretty good. Um, Danielson versus... Uh, uh, Minoru Suzuki is but Brian, Brian Danielson is a fucking genius he's amazing um, but, but I strongly advise you to rewatch that also uh, please check out um, a lot more of the things that we have on our uh, Facebook page I'm sorry Instagram page um, I just say that all weekend so I'm sorry uh, our Instagram page at Hot Take Wrestling also, we're on Twitter at Wrestling Take. Um, we're going to have a lot more things coming up uh, pretty soon. We're just getting some episodes wrapped. We've been recording like crazy and trying to get everything in order. Uh, you can follow everybody on their respective Instagram pages. That'll most likely be popping up at the end as well. Um, other than that, though, I appreciate you. Whoever wants to do an outro, do an outro now, please. All righty. Before I do the outro, just want to say, Shout out to Wrestling with the Champ podcast from Rochdale, England. They followed the page on Twitter today. So thank you. Looking forward to listening to y'all content. Hope y'all enjoy the high take wrestling content as well. So to wrap this up, we're very inclusive here. We like people. But hey, we want to let y'all know that we are the ones and we want the smoke. I guess I got to do freaking. Not me. I got asthma. I bring a swag like nobody can, don't mean to brag, what about it? Yeah, I bring a swag like nobody can, it's in the bag, man. Thanks for listening to the Hot Take Wrestling Podcast. The Hot Take Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by the NMG Network, a division of NMG Enterprises, LLC.